Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Welcome, welcome to Asian Pop Nation on Sin, a show where a bunch of Asian people living in Melbourne talk about things that are Asian and often in Melbourne. The song you just heard was Indulgence by Jinan Leitisha, one of the highlights on the playlist for tonight, in my opinion. And before that, we started the show this week with Gold by Swedish band Little Dragon. My name is Tracy, I'm the executive producer for Asian Pop Nation this year, and tonight's crew will be made up of Xenia, Liz, Lisha, Jesse, and myself. Uh, tonight we're celebrating two very important days on the 2024 calendar. First up, this past weekend was Lunar New Year, which means we're now in the year of the Wood Dragon. And secondly, Valentine's Day is coming up tomorrow. So let me run down the agenda for tonight. First up, we'll be introducing you to our new APN member, Liz. She talks about why she decides to join the show and also talks through her experience of living the past couple of years in Melbourne as an international student. After that, in honour of Valentine's Day, we'll be attempting to provide advice about dating, well, Asian and also dating Asians, through a discussion of some posts we found while trawling through the dating advice subreddit. And finally, we'll be celebrating Lunar New Year by going through some of the interesting horoscope predictions for the Year of the Dragon. We'll also be discussing our own traditions and survival tactics for celebrating the Lunar New Year. Tonight's playlist will be a mix of songs that are romantic and or auspicious. Next up is a disco number by Gamaliel Audrey Cantica from Jakarta, a vocal group who we actually aired an interview from last year when they came down to Australia for South by Southwest. Here is their excellent, excellent recent release, The Way You Move. Right now on Asian Pop Nation. We are going to be introducing you to our new team member, Liz, who joined at the beginning of this year. And what better way to do that than through an interrogation? This is Asian Pop Nation, and this year something crazy happened. A new person joined our team. Gasp. Her name is Liz. Hi. <laughs> Last year she was EP of Nonny Rude, and she was like, that's enough of that, I need some culture. And then she decided to come oh. on over to Asian Pop Nation. We have lots of culture, okay? <laughs> Don't roast my show. <laughs> That's her baby that you just... You should kicked. check it out. Naughty Root every Sunday, 8 to 10 p.m. Yeah, no, Naughty Root is actually a really good show. You guys have Lachlan, and Lachlan is, like, the funniest person that's in, probably. Damn. <laughs> uh, you know, he just likes to bully me. The entire, like, most of our shows together are just me getting, like, bullied on air or as Lachlan would say putting me in my place oh my god <laughs> I love him I love him a lot yeah so Liz interrogation time why did you join Asian Pop Nation yeah why are um, you here <laughs> uh that's a great question so I like when I joined Sin I was like thinking about joining Asian Pop Nation but then I thought I don't really do k-dramas so I was like ah oh, maybe not my vibe and then I bumped into you guys in the studios and then we had a no normal normal non-cage drama related talk and i was like damn these people don't just talk about one thing i should join them yeah, it's nice to meet you. other asians is i think my consensus do you have any asian pop culture and music interests liz is there things you like to watch listen read would it be really bad if i said no <laughs> no um, you're asian that's enough <laughs> you have you have cultural input i really like leve and she's technically chinese 
<laughs> not an anime watcher. I'm not a huge anime watcher. I go through phases where like I either like do English shows, K dramas, or like anime, and it's mostly if I run out of English shows, I move to the other two. But currently, I'm still watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Because one of the guys I was seeing kind of put me on it, and I haven't finished it. So if any one of you talks about it in front of me, I will kill you. You will die. It will not be me. You cannot prove it. I'm, I'm gonna have to keep okay, my mouth okay. zipped for the rest of my life now that I know Liz. Please, I love Jujutsu Kaisen. That's my one big anime thing I can yap about all the time. It's really good. Silenced. <laughs> it's really good. I will I will watch it in the next few days, I promise, so that you can talk about it. Wow, thank you, my savior. <laughs> but what would you say is like your general okay, maybe not just like Asian thing. What are just like, I don't know, some of your favorite shows that you grew up watching or artists, I guess favorite pop culture thing? I don't know why I'm like fully blanking the moment you've asked that. It's not a difficult question, but it kinda is. I guess I grew up on like like cartoons wise, obviously you've got like Impossible, like oh yeah, um that sort of stuff. But I also really liked um Shaolin Showdown and like Drake Jake Long, like the Dragon American oh Dragon American Dragon <laughs> Jake Long. I feel like I'm gonna give some people like nostalgia hits, but like yeah, that was that was a really big part of my like childhood. Danny Phantom. And then, like, the really bad Singaporean free-to-air TV. Oh! oh I'm from Singapore, gosh. by the way. That's the, yeah. that's the tea. That's the, that's the, that's the Asian tidbit for it. Oh, yeah. That's where the Asian comes from, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. How long yeah, yeah. were you in Singapore for? I was there my whole, so I was born in Singapore, raised in Singapore, and pretty much only came to Melbourne at the end of 2021. No, 2022. Oh. End of 2022. Oh, wow. <gasps> That's so recent. How would you rate Melbourne? <laughs> I really like it here. I like the weather a lot more. Anyone from Singapore listening to this will understand the pain that I'm talking about. <laughs> we live in malls. We don't leave. We're mall people. Heat, mm -hmm. no fun. But I still haven't gotten used to the weather, like, in terms of, like, I'm never dressed right for it. Yeah, it's like the inconsistency, whereas I feel like Southeast Asia in general, it's just like rain or shine, like, yeah. that's monsoon season or not monsoon season. But it's still always shorts weather. Like, no matter whether it's monsoon season or not, it's like, will I just be drenched walking home or will I not be drenched walking home? <laughs> not much changes otherwise. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, here I find that I'm constantly underdressed for the weather. I was gonna say, one question I had... It's just something that I experienced when I first came into Melbourne of like, yeah. I guess, interacting with other Asian Australians in Melbourne. At least for me, that was a big like culture shift even with that when I like just came in from an Asian country to Australia. And then, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, yes, I'm finding my people like you guys are also Asians. But then do you ever find that there, there has been also like a bit of a culture clash Um when you interact with, like, Asian-Australians specifically? I don't think I've experienced that as much just because I haven't met as many Asian-Australians. Mm -hmm. Like, most of the people I know that happen to also be Asian are also internationals, or at one point were internationals. Mm. But the Asian-Australians that I have met, or, like, the ones that have pretty much naturalized, are 
they just act like Australians. So in my brain, they're not much different from the Australian friends that I've made. Mm. Whoa. But when you moved, did you ever go through like a period where like, because I, whenever I hear somebody with like a Singaporean accent or like a Malaysian accent, I get very excited. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Especially when I was working in retail and I was just like, la la dee la living my life. And then a customer that comes in immediately has like the thickest Singaporean or Malaysian accent. And I'm like, oh, I my gosh, my, I know who you are, my people. <laughs> I miss it so much. I don't even have a thick Malaysian accent anymore, which is extra painful for me. And aka why I, when I hear it, I'm extra like, oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah it's just like that's just the bond moment <laughs> it kind of is like that's when you instantly become friends with somebody yeah like that's just <laughs> i literally went to a job interview and one of the girls who was also getting interviewed on the same panel as me had a she was malaysian and then we both basically instantly became best friends like it's so good it's just oof. the people who get it get it and those who don't Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like that's just very common like with malaysian and singaporeans here in melbourne i find like that's just the way to do it you hear the accent and you're like yes you one of us <laughs> time to talk about how much we miss the food and everything but also i'm like yay i'm glad i'm here in melbourne oh it's so good i love that <laughs> that's crazy because when i was growing up for me there's a very strong delineation between Asian Australians and Australians. Like, we didn't really have the same friendship circles. Like, all the friendship circles were monoracial, which is why I thought um, Xenia's boyfriend was Asian for the longest time, because they used to be in the same friendship group. And so I just assumed I that he was also Asian, because Xenia and JP are both Filipinos, right? But yeah, we don't, we don't mix in the same circles, because we're still, like, early on in the immigration. I think Maybe if we have kids and they stay in Australia, maybe they will become more integrated with the Australians. But I feel like in, from my point of view, Australians are crazy. They do this thing called sports. They love the MSG. It's crazy. I think my experience was just different because I met everyone pretty much in university. Mm. Mm. Oh, girl, high school. So everyone had kind of, yeah, high school people are very closed off in their own way. Like they're still like little versions of their parents. And also, like, in, in, in uni, especially because you're in courses, in classes, there's the pool is so much smaller of people. And also, oh, yeah. like, there's, there are less of us. So by default, we end up interacting with everyone rather than just sticking with the same people. What are you studying? I did media comms. Oh, see, that's why. Yeah. Not many Asians. Like, I feel like those are cool people. I think doing media comms guarantees you to be a certain type of like open-minded kind of hmm. artsier person in general compared to like the general population. Now it's a good it's a good community to be part of. In my course, I never really met any in other real like my course was a predominantly like at least the classes I went to, most of the people that I ended up interacting with were like locals. Hmm. Like a majority of them there were very few of us internationals because a lot of the international students ended up staying overseas because like the pandemic happened we were just doing classes online so i met a lot of the other internationals when i was doing online classes with them because they just chucked us into later time slots because of time zones mm. but i miss my oh. international friends every day and i want them to come back like now <laughs> because they all went home and left me here oh, no. <laughs> 
They're like, well, the study is done and how we're working back. And you're like, no, I thought we were building a new life and everything. Come back. Melbourne, come Please. back. No, that breaks my heart. That happens to me a few times when I was in like high school and I would like make a friend with like a girl who came from like South Korea. And then when we finished studying, she was like, oh yeah, no, I'm done. Like my family are like, we've got the degree we're heading back and i was like no no i thought we were in this together <laughs> oh, that's i think i miss like having people around me that relate to me not like not that no one relates to me it's just it i think i kind of miss having asian friends mm. or like an asian community i think that's that's where it's at it's not just like friends it's just i think we have very similar like either upbringings or cultural like experiences or even just like the international kids understand what other international kids feel like so i kind of miss having that because i think that was one thing i lacked when i got here because i pretty much just instantly clicked with a bunch of like local kids fabulous people love them so much but like it's just really different and i think when i met you guys i was really excited because we were talking about things before you guys did your pre-record and it was like I was like, oh damn, other people that have very similar under like we have very similar wavelengths and it's very nice being able to talk to you guys. <laughs> no, we're so happy you're you're it's we're so happy you're here with us this year because we no one knew has joined in a while. We had Taruki last year and I think she was the only person who joined last year, so it's just been us. Yeah. We want you know, Asian population to continue, you know, and hopefully be a space for other Asians. It's just that no Asians are joining Sin, apparently, except for you. I'm sure there are other Asians. I think they just don't really know about the show. Well, we gotta do better. We gotta save up a game somehow. Yeah, Miss EP, you gotta push gotta the image that we are more than just chatting about K-pop. <laughs> I mean, we love to talk about K-pop. But, what I've learned <laughs> is that's not all they talk about, guys. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when I join and we're not talking about K-pop. <sighs> yes, you heard it here on Asian Pop Nation. Occasionally, we do talk about things that are not K-pop. Like, for example, next segment, we'll be celebrating Valentine's Day by attempting to provide dating advice. But before that, we'll be playing some more tunes, starting with a song from a real-life couple. I don't know if they're still together, but they were together because they met through this song. Isn't that cute? This is Mayday by Crush, featuring Joy from Red Velvet. Today on Asian Pop Nation, we are celebrating the Lunar New Year and also Valentine's Day. You've just heard three very soft, romantic R&B tracks. These were Mayday by Korean artist Crush, featuring Joy. After that, we played Tweety by Indian-American artist Ravina. And finally, we played a song from the Malaysian artists April 25th and Adriel called Maraschino. Now, in keeping with the romantic theme that we've got going, this upcoming segment is all about relationships and dating. Basically, us on Asian Pop Nation have found some dating questions on Reddit, and we will be attempting to answer them as a group. As a warning, please don't take us entirely seriously. So, Lunar New Year, very important celebration, most important celebration on many Asian calendars. But coming up, there is a very important celebration, probably less important than Lunar New Year, but still important, um, Valentine's Day. So we thought on Asian Pop Nation, since we have several people here who have successfully dated, 
And we also have Liz, who has done, you know, this sort of segment on Naughty Rude. It would be fun to do, like, a dating advice segment. We found these questions on Reddit because Reddit (laughs) is just full of people asking for help. And we thought we would answer them, you know, throw them to the group. First question I got here is a post by adinfamous3575. This is how to ask an Asian guy out. There is a guy that I really like in my salsa class. However, we don't have the chance to talk. I want to make a move, but don't know how to. Any suggestions? Okay, important points. This guy is Asian. They met in the salsa class. This is all the information that's given about this guy. With this information, how would you provide advice to the OP here? Yeah, like, all we got is that this man, like, this person is Asian. And I'm assuming the person who write it is not Asian because they have to make the preface of the ethnicity. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think it's any different. Just yeah, I don't think it's anything out. special. Come on, guys. You know what? Ask his parents first. <laughs> That's the way Asians really do it. And then they do, like, a financial comparison. Run a background check on him just it's to make actually sure. Actually, an interview. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like a, show up with your CV, um, like your credentials, <laughs> what house you rent slash own, what car you have or don't have, how you transport yourself, a bank statement perhaps, um, maybe some food, and then just like rock up to their house and say, "I I am qualified, please." Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that's just the bare essentials. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That's how you also ask an Asian woman out. Anyone in my DMs <laughs> who wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think we like. I think we solved this one pretty well. Like, I think that's top notch advice. <laughs> I think they should definitely. That's it. I mean, if if they want like a legit answer, you could probably just like what you guys go to class to like salsa class together. You can just ask them like right after the class if you wanted to like. Yeah, I mean, if they're doing salsa. They do, yeah. like, salsa parties quite regularly, so you could just be like, hey, do you want to go to a salsa party with me? And then you can dance together. You guys already it. have a Ooh. common interest, so that's so... That's already one step ahead, you know? Yeah. Okay, Lid, do you want to move on to the next question? Is it weird that he keeps bringing up that I'm Asian? My boyfriend, 21 years old, yes. and I, 22 years <laughs> old, have been officially dating for not even a month, but we've been talking and going out unofficially for almost a year. Everything is good with him, but sometimes he brings up the fact that I'm Asian out of nowhere. He says things like, I can't believe I'm dating this girl from Thailand, or I'm just an average white guy dating an Asian girl. And he described me as exotic once, which threw me off completely. In his goodnight texts, sometimes he says things like, Good night, my Thai girlfriend. I made him a gift once and he said, Gift from a special girl from Thailand. I don't see why he has to mention that I'm Asian or Thai in any of these, and I just feel weird about it. Well, OP. First and foremost, yellow fever. Yeah, that's fetishization <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> I hated that. You deserve better. Uh, yeah, run, please. Boss. Um, <laughs> oh my god, that is like textbook example of, yeah, you're getting like fetishized as an Asian woman by your, um, by your man, yeah. Yeah, but um, to be like, completely real though if you do want to like have an answer like a talk to him tell him this ain't this ain't it chief yeah like, don't this do is this really, no more this is uncomfortable please don't use the word exotic that's really oh <laughs> i feel like he, she should ask him oh so what do you like about me and if he mentions the fact that you're from thailand or exotic or 
if the fact you're Asian, then yeah, that's that's the like stamp to leave. Uh, this brings us to I guess our next question, which is from someone who is Filipina who is considering dating an Aussie. And she <gasps> says, Do you think a Filipina and Australian relationship will work? We met organically and have bonded with his family. He's back in Melbourne now, but I can't help but overthink. One of my friends told me that most of the time they only ever see Asians as a fetish. It's not love, but just a fetish. However, he's really lovely, even his family, and I'm willing to risk it despite the chances of it failing. Just need some assurance that it may work. It's a very common scenario, actually. I know a lot of people, Filipina women, who met um, Australian men, American men online, and then they meet up in the Philippines and then it's long distance for a while. And then she, it's almost like, um, yeah, I don't know. Cause most of the relationships I see with Filipino women and white guys tend to be slightly f like, I don't know. Ooh, I girlfriend or wife is exotic, but they kind of like that. I don't know that typically a lot of Filipino women are very, family oriented um if anything yeah. i feel like a lot of filipinas love to bring in filipino culture parties into their white boyfriend or husband's life and then it becomes everything she ever does and it so yeah i don't know i, I don't really see like it being any different to those kinds of relationships it doesn't seem to be any red flags but there's also not enough detail to be like, is he a yellow feverist or is he, is he a normal person? I mean, if he's treating you right and he's mm. treating you well yeah. and you don't think anything's wrong with it, then nothing is wrong with it. That's true. Yeah. I think they're mainly for them, they started worrying about it because their friend was like, oh yeah, mm. no, like the white guys, they only see Asians as a fetish. <gasps> and then that's probably what prompted this whole thing. So their friend is kind of weird for that, but... um, But also, as we've just discussed, there's <laughs> a sound basis for that concern, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's a difficult a thing, cross-cultural relationship. Two ends of the spectrum, guys. Two ends. <laughs> I was just like thinking of like what are like the typical like in my head when thinking about like Asians dating and all that stuff like typical situations that always comes up from it. I feel like the common one is always like and I'm surprised I did not see one but probably nobody like typed it out on like Reddit of all places. But like you know the type of struggle where it's like oh I'm dating someone like I'm Asian but I'm dating someone either A, that is not the same Asian ethnicity as me, or like they're not Asian at all, and then the family is like, whoa, like they full-on disapproval moment. Mm -hmm. Because their family has their own like minds of like, oh, you need to date someone that's like the same race as you <clears throat> for that, I don't, like, common bonding, because they think the only way you can bond with someone is by their culture, I don't know. I feel like that mostly happens with like Asian on Asian, like if it's a different kind of like Asian ethnicity. I feel mm -hmm. like parents like seem to care less when you're dating a white guy. Oh, or, yeah, like, a because European. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just like Asian, other Asian like countries, they have a very strong preconce preconceived notions about them. And they yeah. have all these like deeply held, like very like core beliefs about like all Japanese people are complete trash, etc. 
Whereas if you're like, I don't know, Belgian, they'll be like, what is that? That's a made up ethnicity. Like have fun with that person. You know, it's not like a real sort of ethnicity to them that they like know about. They make comments about how pretty your kids are going to be as well. Oh, like, true. Yeah, mixed like, kids. Oh, pretty and handsome, and they're gonna be uh, so. Pale oh, no, that's so traumatic for me to hear. Uh, <laughs> As someone who's literally a mixed kid, that's so <laughs> the trauma of I hear of like people like oh, oh yeah. like. But what if you get married to like a white guy? Once, imagine how cute your kids are gonna be. They're gonna be so <laughs> extra mixed, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because. Like Leisha is um, you know, you're, you're half Indian, half Chinese, right? Yes. So all your Indian family members are like, "Why are you not a celebrity?" Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh. You're Indian mixed with a lighter skin race. Why are you not a celebrity? And uh, like, <laughs> uh, I love colorism. It runs rapid. Colorism. <laughs> Yes. Also, like, being, like, a mixed white person, I feel like a lot of guys that date me, date me so that they can be like, yeah, I don't have yellow fever, I've dated a white girl. <gasps> no. Stop. That's the, that's the energy I get from some of them. Uh, no, that's okay. the energy I get. The energy I get is like, no, I, I date, I don't just date Asians, and I'm like, honey, every single ex you've had is full <laughs> Asian except me. Me. And they're like, yes, this is my get out of jail free card. <gasps> I have had a guy like, because like his previous partner was Asian. I was like, oh, yellow fever as a joke. And he was like, yeah, I've only dated Asians. Oh. And I was like, oh. at least he's honest. Stop! <laughs> you want this? <laughs> oh, that's not. There's a difference between like having a preference for Asians and like, I guess, like, Full on, like calling you exotic, <laughs> my Thai girlfriend. <laughs> that is true. At least I wasn't yeah. called any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel Ew. like a lot of like white guys or like a lot of like your Westerners like to date Asian girls because they think that we're gonna be like really docile and quiet. Yes, very modest, very like yes, I cook, I clean, um, type. And then thing. when we're not. They're like, oh, I'm not interested in you. <laughs> yes. So basically, be as loud as possible, scratch and yell, and um, show aggression. Kinky. And that is how you keep the yellow fever away. Whoa! <laughs> what if some people are into that? You know? Oh, I guess we'll never be free. That is actually the truth. That we'll never be free. Asian women will so, never win in life. Yeah. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's installment of Asian Pop Nation is a joint Valentine's and Lunar New Year special. And as such, you've just heard three songs that are romantic and or auspicious. First up, we played Hikaru Utada with Simple and Clean. This is a beautiful, sweet love song. And it's also a nod to the fact that Lunar New Year involves a lot of cleaning in the run-up to it. Next, we played Rina Sawayama with XS. This is not a romantic song at all, but it is a reference to how excess wealth or surplus wealth is something that people customarily wish for in 
the new year. And lastly, we played Crystal K with Candy, a proper Y2K track, because consuming sweet things like candy signifies that the new year will be happy and pleasant and generally sweet. So in this next segment, we'll be talking about Lunar New Year, specifically what the Year of the Dragon means for people with that zodiac sign including our very own APN team member Liz. We'll also be talking through our own experiences of celebrating Lunar New Year as Asians. Okay, as of the time of this recording, it is not yet Lunar New Year, but on the Tuesday that you will be hearing this on the radio, Lunar New Year will have just passed. This year, it is happening on the 10th of February, and it is the Year of the Dragon. Woohoo, guys. How are we feeling about this? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Lunar New Year is basically New Year, but celebrated on the lunar calendar. And a bunch of countries celebrate us, including China, Japan, Korea, and Vietnam. So that's why we're talking about it on Asian Pop Nation. Now, Liz, you're, you're born in the Year of the Dragon, right? Yeah, I am. So this is actually like your Benmingyan, which I don't know what, how to translate that into English. It's like yeah. your year. This is going to be your year, but in like a... like. You, there's pressure on you to not get bad luck sort of here yeah but like i guess the fun fact of the week would be that the dragon is like dragon year is split into four elements so there's like the gold dragon and like there's a couple others but i fall under the gold dragon which is considered the most suspicious Ooh. dragon of all of them <laughs> but it only happens it only happens like once every cycle of four which means the stereotype is that most people will only experience their elemental dragon once in their lifetime or twice in their lifetime. So it's like a super rare, super suspicious type of dragon. Yeah. So it's like it's considered the metal dragon, but metal is characterized as gold. So um yeah. but because gold is like the most auspicious one, my year had the highest birth rate. <laughs> um what? <laughs> Because everyone wanted their kids to be like a golden dragon. So like I had the highest cohort, like because I'm from Singapore, like largest cohort by far. That's so funny. They oh were, my like, gosh. Prepared for this. They were like, it was 1999. They were like, you know what we've got to do to get a you know, to get that rare gold dragon. My mom wanted a rabbit. <laughs> my mom was very disappointed <laughs> to get a dragon. Oh my gosh. <gasps> you took too long. I know. <laughs> I, I always find the zodiac animals thing to be so interesting because my mom, especially, she likes to say every year that she doesn't really like. She's like, oh, I don't look into the fortunes. Like, you make your own destiny, blah, blah. But I still see this woman like every year when Luna New Year rolls around. She is checking like on her local auntie like whatsapp group chats of like all the photos and stuff all the aunties post of like if you're the year of the rabbit this is what your luck is gonna be like for 2024 and then she will send that to me and then i'm like oh okay <laughs> and i eat up anything that is like very positive about the rabbit every year and i just throw out all the negative parts anything that says i will have really oh, bad no. health i'm just like poof out of my like brain. Like, that doesn't exist. It's only the good vibes, guys. It's only the good vibes. I'm apparently going to have a great career, oh. great love life, so we're, like, we're white set. White people's zodiac. No, Asian people's zodiac needs to be negative because Asian people are negative. It would be inauthentic to not have negative parts <laughs> to your zodiac. Um, I should read out the, the Year of the Dragon one. 
Yes, I, I want to know. So please tell me. So this is according to um, the University of Sydney. I don't know why, but they seem like a trustworthy source to ask about the year of the dragon. So yep. apparently the dragon dragons tend to be ambitious, confident, and charismatic. They possess an abundance of energy and enthusiasm while also displaying <laughs> exceptional intelligence and power. Hell yeah. <laughs> However, they may also exhibit negative characteristics such as arrogance, bigotry, <laughs> dominance, irritability, and subjectivity, which may make them reluctant to accept defeat. That's not me at all. I'm not a stubborn person. <laughs> what? Are you a bigot? They sound like your typical like type A CEO kind of personality. That's good. I'm manifesting that I become a CEO. Well, you were already like destined to be a CEO since you were born, on account of being born in 2000. Oh, yeah. Your parents <laughs> made sure of that for you. Only success. Avoid placing the bed in the northwest corner when arranging the furniture in your bedroom, as the northwest is, belong is believed to belong to the earthy branch of Shu, which is associated with the zodiac animal of dog in Chinese astrology. The dragon corresponds to the earthly branch of Chen, which is mutually exclusive with Shu. Avoid wearing any jewelry that is shaped like a dog. <laughs> Avoid getting a new puppy. Avoid collaborating with or marrying people who were born in the year of the dog. Whoa! That's okay, so that's good. That's good. Because I'm dating a monkey zodiac sign. They're not mentioned at all. They also say avoid collaborating or marrying people who are born in the year of the tiger because the competitive conflicts can easily arise between the dragon and the tiger. Making collaboration or marriage typical. Dude, I love I love stuff like this. <laughs> I love Chinese. So wacky yeah. when it gets to this stuff. Yeah, but Chinese New Year is a time that's full of conflict. Even if you don't interact, even if you, you know, cut all the tigers and the dogs out of your life, I think it's still a time of conflict because fundamentally it is a time of family gatherings and family gatherings equals to conflict, equals to Do you have family gathering trauma? I've heard that family gatherings tend to be traumatizing. Leisha, you sound like you agree with that sentiment. Hi, yes. No, I mean, hey, great way to get all the family together, but I cannot lie, there are... It, 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 it takes a certain person to, <laughs> to really uh, brave through the Lunar New Year season, I feel. Especially if you come from like a massive family and you have to visit like several different houses. Um, and all that stuff, and meet people that you've not seen for ages, but they claim that they've known you since you were a little baby and carried you one time. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, no, the the New Year season, the gatherings, they're, they're, they're a challenge, but hey, family. It's a marathon sesh is what I like. I, I, I take it to be because, you know, Asian families tend to be pretty big often times, you know. There's a lot of places you need to go. There's a lot of houses you need to visit. It's like a pub crawl, but instead of pubs, it's relatives' houses. And you have to, <laughs> to go be to fair, the one. silver lining is money. You get that money. That is true. That is true. Married. I'm being paid for my time, if you think about it. That's true. You're being compensated. So actually, all the trauma is worth it. Exactly. Actually, yeah. Confident. Now, now I'm like, you know, why do I keep coming back every year and still showing a smile on my face? Yeah, it's it's that money at the end. <laughs> I also kind of like the food, but that's that <gasps> might just be because I miss it. 
Oh, oh what the, did they usually mm. serve for food, like, in Singapore when you were, like, having the New Year there? I think a lot of families in Singapore for reunion dinner do, like, steamboats. My family don't just because, like, they don't really like communal, like, steamboat dishes. We normally do a lot of Peking duck or we'll go to, like, my grandmother's house and she'll cook food, which is really nice. But normally, like, duck dishes. What are steamboats? Kind of a bit like a hot pot, except with, like, a funnel in the middle. It's basically hot pot. I don't know what the okay. funnel in the middle is for. I think that's just so the steam <laughs> can come out of it. Yeah, no, I get what you mean exactly. They're very common for, like, any big, like, family gathering meal type thing. It's A steamboat is typically something that would be there. Uh, and yeah, I always thought it was also kind of like a hot pot. I don't really know how to describe the difference between the two. I will be so real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll say mine also, if my family's doing like a reunion dinner thing, we, we, we do have the typical like steamboat thing and then just a random of assortment of dishes that various family yeah. members have made and have brought it all to like one person's house. Um, typically would be Chinese dishes, but I know my family tend to like to stray away and cook like curry, like devil curry, which is more of like a Portuguese dish. We'll be returning to this topic very soon, but right now it's time for a music break. As you may know, one of the customary greetings for Lunar New Year is Gong Hei Fat Toy. And if you're not Cantonese or haven't watched that Ronnie Chang special where he talks about this, Gong Hei Fat Toy translates to Hope You Get Rich in Cantonese. So this next song is all about money. Here is Catching by XOCBX. You've just heard three auspicious and all lovely songs. First up, we played Kaching by XOCBX. We flowed that with Lucky by Seventeen. And finally, we played Love by the second-gen K-pop group Brown-Eyed Girls. And now, back to the studio, we'll be continuing our discussion of Lunar New Year. In my family, like, I guess we have, like, a stripped-down celebration because we're loners, really. We just have the main thing is that we have to have six dishes. It's always six dishes. So there is oh. something important about the number six. I don't know quite what it is, but it has to be six. We have to have tomatoes because they are red and they are circular. And circular things signify like wholeness, fulfillment. Well, a circle mm. is just like the perfect okay. object or something. We have noodles because it's like long life. So you have long noodles and just like sweet things because generally you want your life to be sweet. But there's a lot of like, like food choices that are just based on puns, bad puns. Yeah. Oh my god, the entire like lohe thing is just pretty much just all puns, right? Yeah. Like the um, like everything you like you like fish, is because so it has salmon. the same. Yeah, it's the same pronunciation as like excess or like surplus. So you want like financial yeah. surplus. Oh. So the way I did not even notice, um, and I am half Chinese. <laughs> yeah, look, I know this because every year in Chinese school, the teachers would go over this like again and again, and <laughs> go through like the basic Chinese New Year dishes with like and, and teach us the characters. Like, ah, oh, that's kind of cute. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and my mom's a Chinese teacher, so. Oh yeah, true. Oh, that's why yeah. all the snacks for like Chinese New Year are always put in like those red Tupperware, like, they're just t plain Tupperwares, but with, like, a red, like, seal and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I get it now. Oh, my gosh. I just... Okay, I feel like I've just... <laughs> I feel like so 
such a Sorry. fake Chinese person. Ah, oh. is good luck. Luck is very important. That's why I might be playing 17 song lucky today. But yeah, luck is very important. That's why red is important. Gold is very important because money is important. So yeah. red and gold. We also have to give mandarins to families to trade for red packets. That's a good True. one. Because they're round? I think so. And I guess like fruit trees are like a symbol of like abundance maybe. So it's that sort of like sweetness as well. Also it's like, so they're round and sweet. So they want, yeah. So it has all those, those good meanings. Mm. Um, we were going to talk about you bringing your boyfriend, your white boyfriend to. We can. <laughs> Whoa. We were going to talk about, so, so as I mentioned before, Chinese year, very stressful. So many people who want to talk to you. Liz has figured out a hack to get the people off your back so you can enjoy Lunar New Year by yourself without people Whoa. trying to talk at you all the time. So, like, my top trick for getting people to leave you alone <laughs> is to bring a white boyfriend. It has to be foreign, foreigner. They can be any kind of foreigner, just foreigner boyfriend. And almost instantly, everyone is more interested in them. Then you! And then they become really cute when you teach them how to say like Sinian Kuala in like Mandarin, but they say it in their most butchered way possible. <laughs> um, everyone's like, oh my god, it's so good! And you're like, yes! I no, don't yeah. talk to any of you. They're just like clapping, they're like, oh my god, she's- that's so fluent, yeah! <laughs> Good job! <laughs> do it again, say it again, yeah! Yeah, it's like watching a dog do like tricks or something. Um. <laughs> Exactly. The the only cons though I'll have to say is um you might not get to enjoy eating because I when I brought my ex to Chinese New Year to meet my family um I literally got no moment like I I would we'd both get our food I'd sit down I I'd have started eating food and my grandma would be like come here give him more food I'm like I I just tried to start eating grandma please can you let me eat so that I can not starve today at any point and then he'd be like i don't want to eat anymore i'm full because he's getting a lot and then she'd be like no more food eat more food you're too skinny oh, that's when oh, you know the grandma likes you that's the grandma seal of approval right there she tries to like force feed you grandma's like favorite what can i say it's so good having a um a boyfriend that your grandma approves of you know that's always a good feeling um, I need to yeah. clarify X. He's my ex. <laughs> that relationship did not last m much past Chinese New Year. Maybe you can hire a boyfriend. Like, hire yeah. one of those fake boyfriends. I feel like that's like when I watched, you know, those Christmas movies and whatever. That's like a plot line that happens in like those sort of like Hallmark Christmas movies of like, I need someone to bring home for Christmas. So let me hire someone. And then they actually fall in love on Christmas time. Um, it's actually a thing in Singapore, though. Like, people will be like, ah, oh, like, if you want to hire me, like, yeah, yeah, people are like, they offer themselves up, so it's like, the c pricing is different depending on what you want from them, so it's like, per day is different, but if you <gasps> want both days, there's a bundle, or if you want them what? to also greet your family, that's one thing, or if you want just to take photos with them so that you can show people you have a partner so they leave you alone, like, it's a whole, like, money-making scheme, it's honestly, like, it's so smart. That's crazy. <laughs> but it also speaks of, like, we like how nosy and busybody everyone is at these gatherings that like, they know 
that like I'm single. Like if they say I'm single, they'll be never be left alone. Yeah, I mean the stereotype is that like if you go to Chinese New Year gatherings, you're gonna get asked when you're getting married or when you're having mm. kids. That's、mm. like the stereotype. Yeah. Oh gosh. Terrible. <laughs> It's just a stereotype. That's never happened before. <laughs> so the best time to go to a Chinese to go to a yeah, I guess a Chinese New Year gathering would be when you're a child because you get red packets. No one is expecting you to have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or any sort of life partner,、um, and you also get to just like run around with the other neighborhood kids. People give you candy.、True. It's great. I remember I've only ever had like I've only ever spent New Year in China once, and it was just crazy. Just like you'd go out in the streets and people like they were packed full of pedestrians because everyone was just like. Migrating from like house to house to all these old people's houses and giving out like mandarins and like candy, and it was very like, oh, this is very idyllic and what village life would have been three hundred years ago. But oh, it's still here on one day of the year. Oh, wait, Jesse, have you been back to China for like Lunar New Year specifically? No, but oh, since oh. we're never really back. In that period of time, especially because like oh, uni starts or school starts by the、mm. time Chinese New Year rolls around, they usually do like a Chinese New Year s celebration anyway. So I get to meet all of my extended family all at once, and it's so great. I、mm, while I've never been back for Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, um, I've experienced it all. Yeah, you're 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 getting like the pre, you're getting all the stuff like pre Lunar New Year. They're they're trying to like give you it all before you fly back to you know get the experience. <laughs>、yeah. Try to inflict all the emotional damage in advance just to get it in before the window of of opportunity is shut. Yeah, so that is yeah. So that's us talking about Lunar New Year. Just a little taste of the Lunar New Year experience. Where it's actually a lot more nice and cozy sometimes. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Like I really enjoy it. So don't get freaked out. Yeah, we say all this traumatic stuff, but swear it's it, there's there's still nice elements to it and stuff like that. And I mean, for me as well, the big part is the food. I really do miss the food a lot. Now that you mention bakwa, I want to eat it so bad, but it's very expensive here. <laughs> yeah. Um, we hope that if you celebrate Lunar New Year, you had a good one, and hopefully, you guys have good luck and surplus money in the new year. <laughs> hope you get rich. On the topic of blessings for the new year, our next song is going to be "Bless You" by Primary, featuring Sam Kim and Woods. This is Asian Pop Nation winding down for tonight with some slower songs. You've just heard Aphrodite by Filipino Australian artist Rini, and before that we played Universe by Vietnamese American artist Tui. And with that, we've unfortunately reached the end of the show for tonight.、Uh, we introduce you to Liz, our new APM member for 2024. We also ventured into the realm of dating advice; those are very dangerous waters. And finally, we talked a bit about how each of us celebrate Lunar New Year. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation, and on Instagram at Asian Pop Nation Sin. We post our playlists there every week, and also on Spotify at Asian Pop Nation playlists. 
Thank you once again for joining the Asian Pop Nation team tonight of myself, Leisha, Liz, Xenia and Jessie this week. We'll be joining you again next week as always on Tuesday at 8pm live on the radio at sin.org.au and also in the Melbourne area on 90.7 FM. In the meantime, good night. (laughs) 